Welcome to this verse-by-verse Bible teaching from Calvary Queen Creek in Arizona with Pastor Jim Remington. We hope you're blessed by listening. Romans 10.17 says, Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. For more information, please visit calvaryqueencreek.org. All right, we're in Revelation chapter 12. Revelation chapter 12 this morning. As we have six grandkids over for the next three days. And we love it. It's a lot of fun. We love it. And so they were given a direction. Not even a direction. They were asked to do something. And they decided to go out in the trampoline and have fun and ignored uh, Grammy. And so I'm standing here going, didn't you ask them to do something? And see, in parenting, please come to this. We've done three classes when we were younger. It was so essential, so important. But child training is basically parent training. Feel free to let that sink in. Child training is parent training. Um, I've never counted. I know how to count to three. I don't count. And so I think it's really important that you learn for our children and grandchildren to learn first-time obedience. And because it's it's valuable for safety purposes, for respect of authority, which as Chad mentioned, is going out the window unfortunately. So children need to understand there is authority. There can obviously be abuse, and I understand all that stuff too. So don't go to any extremes. Just try to keep it in the center. And so we were having a great time, and, and all of a sudden I go, what, didn't you ask them to do something? She goes, yes, I did. And so I walked over to the kitchen in that, that drawer that has some wonderful cooking utensils, <laughs> and I said, okay. And as soon as I started doing that, uh, Vanessa was at the window, and Claire was there, and they both go, uh-oh. And so I walk outside, I go, boys, what are you doing? Uh, I go, what are you doing? Let me set the tone for the whole weekend. So I said, come on over here and line up. (laughs) And uh, they got the idea very quickly. So child training is parent training. Lovingly, they know we love them, no abuse, but they understand at our house, I let them know when they come over, I go, listen, you're not at your house. I'm not going to count. It's first-time obedience, because we don't have time to count. I'm getting too old. I might forget three. And so, and you know what? It's amazing. Let me just encourage you. It is amazing how they love us. They want to come, and they fell in line, and they knew that what I was doing was out of love, and we don't disrespect Grammy. That was it. So I encourage you, come to the class. But also be aware of what you're doing, what you're instilling in your children, because you are programming them. By the time a child's five, they have 50% of their adult personality. This is scientific, not the CDC, but I mean, it's real. It's real science. (laughs) And so 50% of their adult personality, you had 50% of your adult personality by the time you were five. Who was programming you? Who was programming you? Your parents, aunts and uncles, siblings. They were typing information in. By the time you're 9, 75%. By the time you're 11, 87% of your adult personality. How you are going to behave as an adult is already programmed into the hard drive. And that's when people will come into the office with their 14 or 15-year-old and go, I don't know what's going on. It's like somebody flipped a switch. And I go, yeah, they did. It's called hormones. It's called a man's going to be a man now. And he's going to start proving himself to his mom. Dad, you need to know that. 
I told my kids when they were growing up, hey, you ain't messing with your mother, you're messing with my wife. You mess with my wife, you got a problem. They knew. So you got to set some boundaries. You know, this whole toxic, I know I'm getting off on a tangent, but it's coming into my mind. So I believe this is of the Holy Spirit because this is our culture. Toxic masculinity. They want to feminize every single boy in America. A boy cannot become a man anymore. He's got to be sissified. No. Be a man. Suck it up. Be a man. But be a godly man. Be a man of the word. Be a man that prays. Be a man that reads the Bible. Be a man that prays with your wife, you husbands. Be a man that washes his wife in the water of the word. Ephesians 5.26. Be that man that God's expecting you to be. Your wife's going to be blessed. Your children are going to be blessed. Does that mean they're all going to follow the Lord? Not necessarily. But they will come back. They will come back. The word promises that. Revelation 12. Now a great sign appeared in heaven, a a woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, and on her head a garland of twelve stars. Then being with child, she cried out in labor and in pain to give birth. And another sign appeared in heaven, behold, a great fiery red dragon, having seven heads and ten horns, and seven diadems on his heads. His tail drew a third of the stars of heaven and threw them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman who was ready to give birth to devour her child as soon as it was born. She bore a male child who was to rule all nations with a rod of iron, and her child was caught up to God in his throne. Then the woman fled into the wilderness where she has a place prepared by God that they should feed her there for 1,260 days. Father, we thank you for this opportunity we have to open your word, your love letter. Father, this this Bible is illegal for billions of people to have. And in India, that has the largest population now on the face of the earth, if you have a Bible, it is automatic persecution. Churches are being burned in India pastors and their families are being chased out of villages and their house are being burned. Other pastors are literally being beaten and martyred for Christ in 2024. So Father, help us not to become lackadaisical with this Bible here. Help us not to become so comfortable that we don't even realize what's going on in this world, what's going on in this country. Father, help us to remember, apart from you, as Jesus said, apart from me, you can do nothing. Father, we want to be eternally in the game. We can do a lot of earthly things, and it's all going to burn. We want to be eternally in the game, that we might take somebody to heaven with us, because there's billions going to hell right now. So, Father, as we do this Bible study, I pray for all of our hearts, my heart, our souls, our beings, that we just wouldn't be here for another Bible study, but we would remember we need a heart transformation to take place. The world's trying to press us into its mold. But, Father, we have the free will to get on the wheel and allow you to shape and mold us into that vessel, that clay vessel 
that is worthy of the master's use. Help us to surrender, to be on the wheel, to get back on the wheel, to stay on the wheel, to not get out of this situation, hiding, but to be bold in these days we live because there's only one way to heaven. That's Jesus. Father, we thank you and praise you for this time. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, you can get the CD if you'd like to catch up. If you're new, we're in the book of Revelation. This is John the Apostle. He's getting a revelation, not a revelations, but a revelation. And it's written basically in the early 90s. Uh, He was with Jesus for three to three and a half years. So he was a pastor for many years, oversaw Ephesus, but other churches as well. And so this is John. So John is writing, I saw a great sign appear in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun, the moon, and under her feet, and on her head, a garland of 12 stars. We looked at that last week. We determined via the scriptures that that is the nation of Israel. It's no doubt this is the nation of Israel. Then being with child, so if you're new, um, the child was foretold, even from the garden, that the child was going to come, a Messiah, we come to find out in Hebrew, it's, he's named the Messiah. And so the Messiah is going to be coming through, again, as information was relayed, as time went on, through the Israelites, through the nation of Israel, specifically through the tribe of Judah. And so the Messiah is coming, then being with child. So the nation, as they're reading this, the Jews are reading this, and even the Gentiles within the church, they would have clearly understood what was going on here. You'll notice in your Bible it has a cap, it should have, uh, well, no, never mind that. Then being with child, she cried out in labor and in pain to give birth. As we talked about last week, Israel is the only nation that has been continued to this day is being persecuted. To this day, to this day right now is being persecuted. This is totally insane. And I'm going to stand with Israel. I'm going to stand not because they're right, because many of them don't even believe in God. But I'm going to stand with them because of God's word. And if you give a terror group, a nation, then you've just condoned terrorism. And that's what our administration is proposing to do. They're telling Israel there has to be a Palestinian state. And if you're dealing with this at all with anybody, you could spend hours and hours and hours and hours and hours. They're not going to understand because it is spiritual. If Israel gave up the land, all of their land, because there is no such thing as just a little, let's go back to 67 borders. You're not listening to Iran, if that's what you think. What they've quoted in universities from the Jordan River to the Mediterranean Sea, not a Jew belongs on that land, not a Jew. That will then disqualify or nullify God's word because Jesus, a Jew, the Messiah, is coming back to the Mount of Olives. He's going to step foot on the Mount of Olives, split it north and south. Jerusalem is the capital. We have to stand with Israel. Again, not because they're holier than us or they're right on or they're perfect, but because of God's word. That's their land given to them by God. And you never give a terrorist their demands. I just got one simple question, and feel free to ask this to anybody who wants to stand up for that. Where are the hostages? This would not be happening if they had turned over the hostages on day one. This would not be happening. Where are the hostages? That's the end of the argument. 
So guys, we have to realize we're in desperate days. What we're seeing here is demonic. Telling a nation, have we told other nations to do this? If we have, it hasn't worked out. So the Messiah is going to come. He did come. We know him to be Jesus. Verse three now into our text. And another sign appeared in heaven. So John now sees another sign. Behold, a great fiery red dragon having seven heads and 10 horns and seven diadems on his heads. So here's another sign in heaven. We're going to see the dragon referenced many times through the next several chapters. But if we just look at verse nine, it tells us who this red dragon is with red most likely depicting death and destruction. Revelation 12, nine says, so the great dragon was cast out, that serpent of all old called the devil and Satan. Devil and Satan. So now as we continue with the book of Revelation, when you see the dragon, the dragon, the dragon, it's going to be in reference to Satan, Lucifer, Satan, the devil. What about the seven heads? Now I want to share something with you that... Um, I think is very important as Christians. I don't have all the answers. I know many of you have studied through Revelation. And as I'm teaching it, some of you are probably thinking, well, that's not the way I learned it. That's not the way I believe it. And that's okay. I study. I study diligently. I look at other people's inputs. Matter of fact, I've looked at three commentators for many, many years and pretty right on. It keeps me in check so that I don't go off on a tangent. But with these seven heads here, they allegorized it, walked over it, didn't even talk about it, blew right past it. I also listened to Calvary pastors, and these Calvary pastors have been in the ministry 35 plus years. They have Greek Bibles that they can read from. They literally can read their Greek Bibles. They know Hebrew. In looking at this right here, I got three, not drastically different opinions, but three different opinions. And they backed them all up with scriptures. It's just kind of like fiddle around the roof. I'm like, that is true. That is true. That is true as well. And none of it was heresy. Can I give you an example of this? You see, for the last 2,000 years, Biblical scholars, including to this day, will say that the nation of Israel is not the nation of Israel. The nation of Israel should not be where it is. The church replaced the nation of Israel. These are scholars that know Greek, that know Hebrew, that know Aramaic, that know the Bible, so to speak. This is where you, as a believer, have to know your Bible. Now, with those three Calvary pastors, and myself included, it doesn't change the fact that these, this is going to happen. This is going to happen. So there's no heresy. It's not like, oh, that, that Calvary pastor, they're a heretic. No, no, no. They're just giving their perspective, backed up with scriptures. I'm going, I can see that. I can see that. Did anybody see Israel becoming a nation in 200, in 300, in 400, in 500 A.D.? Did anybody see Israel becoming a nation in the 1800s, the 1900s? And all of a sudden, in one day, as prophesied in the book of Isaiah, in one day, Israel became a nation. And it squelched 
1,900 years of scholarly wisdom, where if they just would have stuck with the Bible and say, you know, I don't know all the details, but Israel's going to come back because Ezekiel says so. So they're going to come back. I don't know when, I don't know how, but they're going to come back. So I say that to you as your pastor. I don't have all the answers, but I know it's going to happen. So as I give you perspectives for the rest of Revelation, don't be surprised if it doesn't align exactly with yours. That's okay. I'm not going to argue with you because we're not going to be here anyways, guys. I hope you know that. But, you know, people argue about that under the banner of Christianity. Is there such a thing as a rapture? Oh, you believe in the rapture. You're an escapist. Uh, Yeah, I am. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus said, pray that you're worthy to escape the things that are coming upon the earth. I have no problem saying, yeah, you're right. I don't want to be here. You want to be here? Have fun. So, but people argue about that and under the banner of Christianity. They'll argue, you know, is there such as a millennium? Is there such a thing as a millennium? Well, no, that happened in 70 AD. Really? (laughs) I, I missed out something really big in those years. So know your Bible and agree to disagree. My best friend growing up as a Christian was, became a five-point Calvinist. He went from the fryer, frying pan to the fire. He went from Roman Catholicism to five-point Calvinism. But I said, Dave, don't argue with me anymore. You love Jesus. I love Jesus. Let's get win people to Christ. Let's get them to heaven. Amen. So don't argue. It's not worth arguing about. So what are these then? Well, I'm going to give it my best shot. How about Revelation 17.9? It says this. Here is the mind which has wisdom. The seven heads are seven mountains on which the woman sits. Again, three Calvary pastors gave a little bit different opinion about what this all meant. No heresy, not way off base. They're like, yeah, I could agree with all three positions. So take a position and when it's said and done, you're not going to be here, so don't worry about it. But when you do a study on a city that has seven hills, because it says the seven heads are seven mountains on which the woman sits. Now, this is not the woman of Israel. This is the harlot. Again, we'll get there in a couple years. You see, there were temples and altars to the Roman gods and the goddesses on seven hills surrounding Rome, which also had the homes of the emperors of the Roman Empire through the decades. What's interesting as well is that each emperor thought that they were a god. Not that we see that at all today in politics. Which would obviously have been blasphemous. Look at chapter 13, verse 1. Then I stood on the sand of the sea and saw a beast rising up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns. Here it is again. And and on his horns were ten crowns. And on his heads, a blasphemous name. You see, that's why they even wanted to stone Jesus to death in the Gospel of John. When John said, before Abraham was, I am. Before Abraham was ever born, and the religious Jews of those days knew exactly what he was saying, he was saying, I am. What does that mean? That was the eternal one. The term in the Hebrew was the eternal one. And so they picked up stones to kill Jesus. And Jesus said, I'm paraphrasing it, read it yourself. But basically, Jesus said, hey, why why do you want to stone me? For good works? And they said, not for the good works, but because you being a man make yourself God, and that is blasphemy. Jesus didn't deny it. They didn't deny it. 
He's not just a great prophet, Islam. He is not the spirit brother of Lucifer, Mormonism. He is not a reincarnated angel, Jehovah Witness. He is God, the Son of God. We have to take a stand in these days that we're living in. Well, what are the ten horns? Well, Daniel chapter 7 makes reference to these horns. The church used to think that when there were 10 European countries, now for many of you, you're younger, so you're not going to remember this, but maybe you remember as a Christian, when the European common market started to come into play. Do you guys remember when there was like three or four countries and they they were joining together into one? I mean, Christians were going crazy. This could be the 10 toes. And then there was a fifth one. And then there was a sixth one. And all of a sudden, books were starting to be written by Christians and articles, and shows, and this is, this is it. These are the ten toes. And then there were seven, and then there was eight, and then there was nine, and every, you know, the Christianity, let's pray for the tenth, let's pray for the tenth. Jesus is coming back. Let's pray for the tenth. And the tenth came, and the eleventh came, and the twelfth, and the thirteenth. Now we're at twenty-seven, and Christians look like idiots. Instead of just saying, you know, there's going to be ten toes. I don't know what that is, but there's going to be ten toes. It's going to be during the tribulation. Just stick with that. Because what's more important, ten toes or the Romans road? I didn't have this in my note. I believe the Holy Spirit gave this to me at the first service. I'm going to give you the same challenge. I'm an unbeliever. You're talking with me. And I ask you, well, how do I get saved? Please don't say, let me take you to my pastor. Do not say that. At that moment, scripturally, do you know how to take someone to the cross and lead them to Christ? Romans 3.23. Romans 6.23. Ephesians 2.8 and 9. Romans 10. Giving you too much information. Do your homework. Could you do that? Or do you have revelation down so well that you're going to convince an unbeliever and they're just going to look at you and they're going to go, I, correct, I couldn't figure out the date. I, it, this came to my mind, so maybe you guys can help me. I think it was 1988, and there was 88 reasons why Jesus was coming back in 1988. And somebody actually wrote up, was it 1988? Yeah. Does anybody remember? Yeah. It was 1988? You Christians are wacky. He didn't come back in 88, so you know what he did? Do you know what the same guy did? 89 reasons why Jesus is coming back in 1989. Are you serious? Couldn't you just say, you know, Jesus is coming back. Do you know Jesus? Do you know God? Do you know that God loves you? Do you know that I'm a sinner, I was going to hell and I received Jesus as my Savior? Or do you want to argue about stuff that they have no clue and they look at you and go, you are a wacko, please, can I, can I leave now? So I greatly encourage you As we read the word, stick with what you know. Don't argue about what we're not going to find out till, well, we're not going to find out. We're going to be in heaven rejoicing at the throne of God. Praise God. Again, I'll try my best to interpret revelation, but God knows what's going to happen. You see, I'm going to be enjoying heaven. But as we look at these 10 toes, it appears now, now, and I'm not, this is not doctrine. I'm not saying this is the way it's going to be. But it appears now what's going to probably happen is there's going to be some type of 10 geographical regions or federations that will come into play towards the end of the tribulation. We see in Revelation 17, 12. 
The ten horns which you saw are ten kings. Maybe you guys have heard of the Amero. The Amero. That's uh, Canada, America, and Mexico joining together for one common currency. There's various countries that are talking about joining together to have various common currencies. Maybe that's it. Maybe it's ten areas, but here we know for sure. So just stick with what you know. The ten horns which you saw are ten kings. So there's going to be ten people that are going to have authority over the whole world who have received no kingdom as yet, but they receive authority for one hour as kings with the beast. And we know who the beast is. The beast is the Antichrist. And this is towards the very end of the tribulation. So let's focus on winning people to Christ and not trying to argue about revelation. So I encourage you this week, between you and nobody else, can you lead somebody to Christ scripturally? And if not, don't beat yourself up. Nobody's mocking, ridiculing you. But learn how to do that. We're in desperate days. We're in very desperate days. Verse 4. His tail, so whose tail? The dragon's tail, so Satan, drew a third of the stars of heaven and threw them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman, so who is the woman? Israel, who was ready to give birth, give birth to who? The Messiah, to devour her child, notice capital C, so child would be the Messiah, as soon as it was born. See, this is where we get the idea that the enemy enticed one-third of the angelic host to rebel with him. So if the devil has one-third of the angelic host with him, how many does God still have on his side? <laughs> you see, we don't want to look for the devil, demons behind every bush. Please don't go on either extreme. Here are the two extremes, and, th- and this is, the devil doesn't exist, the other extreme the devil's behind every bush, every cold, every hangnail, the devil. It's like, stay away from the extremes and get into reality. There is spiritual warfare taking place. Once you are saved, he can't take your soul. You are going to heaven. Get that off the table. But he wants to ruin your testimony. That's what the devil's going to go after. And he can only be in one place at one time. I don't think I'm that important. I think he's going after really, really big people. So again, don't give the devil so much credit, but don't give him no credits. I mean, he's got 6,000 years of practice. He's got really good tactics. The demons have very, very good tactics. But how's the battle going to play out? You see, we have that, that picture. We love that picture out in the lobby there. But if you look at that picture, you're coming back on a white horse. And Jesus is coming back on a white horse. And as you read Revelation, which we'll get to, it says a sword. Well, if you read your Bible, it's the Word of God, the Word of God. And you'll notice in that painting, and you'll notice in the Scriptures, we're not carrying a bunch of swords. Okay, Jesus, if you can't handle it, we got your back, brother. We got your back. No, 2 Thessalonians 2.8 says this, and then the lawless one will be revealed. This is the Antichrist. We believe, here at Calvary, and again, I'm not going to argue with you. You want to go through a tribulation? Go through it. We'll explain it on the way up. The church is going to be removed, whom the Lord will consume with the breath of his mouth. Is it a sword coming out of his mouth and he's just going around slaying all the demons? The word of God. The word of God. Judgment. And destroy 
with the brightness of his coming. Battle's over. Battle's over. But until then, we should so show, again, some respect to the devil and his tactics. Know the word of God because we live. I think this is quite obvious, but I think some Christians are still putting their head in the sand. We lived in a cursed world, which was just shared, and this is reality. They have two young children and an older son in high school. The enemy is coming after the kids. You old people, you're going to die. Who cares? He's coming after the young ones because they will be the next generation. And we're already seeing that on universities from the prior years of indoctrination in junior high and high school. So know what your children are. And and we have families here that are aware of what's going on in the schools. And um, thank God, a gal at the first service did research and came back with a very good report as far as Queen Creek schools. She found out a lot of good things, so praise God. But be aware of what's going on, because that could change. Be aware. We should be looking to God and give him the thanks and praise for what he has done in our lives. And looking back in history, we can see the devil tried to devour the Savior. And I'd say, well, you know, I'd say, well how can you say that? Because it says right here, before the woman, so Israel, who is ready to give birth, so bring forth the Messiah, to devour her child, devour the Messiah, as soon as it was born. Well, we just celebrated it two months ago. Do you remember the story of the birth of Jesus? Again, you might be new to the faith. And how King Herod heard about that birth. Remember what he said? Uh Uh-uh. There's only one king, and it's going to be me. Now, he didn't say that to the wise men. He told the wise guys, hey, go find them. So they went and found Jesus. Do you remember what the wise men did? They listened to God's directions versus listening to Herod after visiting Jesus. And they went back home, I believe Babylon, in another direction. Do you remember how King Herod sent his soldiers to Bethlehem and the surrounding area to kill all male children two years and younger? Satan was behind that. I'm going to kill the Messiah. The wise men gave Herod a date. They didn't come back. Two years and younger. Every single male child. We can look back and know his name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. Is the enemy still trying to kill the Jewish race to this very day? Absolutely. Absolutely. We are not pro-Israel, anti-Palestinian. We're pro-life because God loves every Palestinian. God loves every Ukrainian. God loves every Russian. You've heard the list many, many times. Throw a name out there. For God so loved the world. Do you have John 3.16 memorized? If you don't have John 3.16 memorized, how can you justify the various races? Somebody's going to corner you as a Christian, and you're going to be going, I, 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 I. there's one race. Quote John 3.16. One race. Don't get caught in a corner. You see, the Messiah was going to come through a woman of Jewish descent, and he did. And I hope that you're seeing the bigger picture here as the enemy once again tried to wipe out God's plan. So what can we do? What can we do in these bizarre days? Watch more news and get more frustrated? Is that the will of God? How many of you would like to know what the will of God is for your life? Anybody want to know what the will of God is for your life? Not too many of you, so we'll pray for the rest of you. (laughs) 
Okay, I'll ask the question again, you super spiritual Christians. How many of you would like to know what the will of God is for your life? Okay. Look at the end of this verse right here. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. So I'm going to give you, as a spiritual father, a portion of the will of God. This is not the total will of God, but this is a very important part of the will of God in 2024. We got eight more months of nonsense. But you know who already knows who won the election? Not the Democrats. Not the Republicans. God. God is sovereign. God is not in heaven wringing his hands. Oh, I hope those Christians vote down there because if they don't vote, the wrong person is going to get in office. Sign petitions, register, vote. Do all those things. You guys hear me say this on a regular basis. It might be your first time. Please vote. But then your will be done, God. Your will be done. Because why? What is the will of God? To rejoice always. To rejoice always. Now, I know this is hard. So again, don't go on either extreme. Well, I'm never going to rejoice, or I'm going to rejoice over every broken arm. You know, find a balance in there somewhere. You know, rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Now, obviously, in your workplace, we don't want you coming in next week like this because you lost your fingers at your machine. So you want to be able to pray when there's downtime, not when you're supposed to be working. So pray without ceasing. Are you praying for that? Biden is not going to be there, guys. I'm not a prophet, but the squad is even turning against Biden right now. And if you don't know who the squad is, you're not missing anything. But the squad is now turning against Biden. He is not going to be there. So are you praying for who's going to be there? And we should be praying again for Biden that he would come to know Jesus. I don't want the guy to go to hell. I really don't. I don't think you do either. So we need to pray. It's elder abuse. I said this four years ago when he was in the basement. Elder abuse. It's, it's fact. So what are we going to do about it? In everything, give thanks. Again, it's hard to do that. So stay off the extremes. You got to talk to God, talk to God. You got to cry, cry. Whatever. You know, if David was alive today, he'd be a manic depressant. He'd be locked up on heavy medication. That's just reality. He had super highs. He had super lows. Guy was off the charts. But he always came back to God. God, you're sovereign. You have a plan. I'd like to kick their teeth in. But God, you don't know what I'm talking about if you haven't read your Bible. But, you know, but God, your will be done. Your will be done. So in everything, give thanks. We don't know what's going to happen. God does. So again, here's, I gave you some homework already. Here's another piece of homework, and then we'll wrap it up. How are you doing with that? No hands. Just you and yourself. Don't elbow your mate. How are you doing with that? I'm not, saying, I'm not asking for perfection because I'm not by any means. But how are you doing? You evaluate yourself. Scale of 10. Rejoice always. Yeah, are you a one or are you a nine? Two or an eight? What, where are you at? Pray without ceasing. I mean, we could, don't, and don't go down that road. We could all pray more. Just put that out right away. We could all pray more. Okay, now that we got that off the table, how are you doing with prayer? Just how are you doing? Be honest with yourself. Don't have to tell anybody else. You don't have to tell 
In everything, give thanks. Scale of 10. How are you doing with that? Are you a whiner or a complainer all the time? Or are you giving God thanks and praise? You, you do self-evaluation. Why? For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Father, we thank you and praise you that we know what's happening in Revelation is going to happen. We don't necessarily know all the details. We can't say exactly this is the way it's going to be. But we know it's going to happen, and I'm fine with that because I'm going to be in heaven, worshiping at your throne. But Father, I thank you for the opportunity to go through it that it might help us to realize the urgency again of those who are going to hell around us. It's not so that we can gain a bunch of head knowledge as Christians. It's to remind us as Christians, there's billions of people going to hell and that there will be billions of people that are going to go through, enter into the great tribulation with only a few of those making it out. So Father, whatever book, whatever letter, whatever verse we study, help us to learn to apply the truth, the bigger truth that we need to be more like Jesus. And what does that look like in our lives? Father, we thank you for this time. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this teaching from God's Word. If you have any questions, would like to request prayer, or want more information about our church and how you can experience the love and hope of Jesus Christ in your life, please visit calvaryqueencreek.org.